Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Praise God. Depending upon what religion a person is in, they think about uh, the term energy different. They think about the invisible realm differently. They have perspectives that um, are what I call Christian-like, but very much so different. There are opposing and polar opposites in this world, like good and evil, you know, right and wrong, you know, positive and negative currents. There's a way to access power that is legitimate, and there's a way to access power that was illegitimate. Human beings are always trying to figure out ways to access power. Last week, we talked about being feeling powerless but not being powerless. But then I kind of left off getting you into the power source, okay? So today I hope as we walk through this text that you will be inspired to tap into your real power source. Because I have had moments in my life of individual trauma. That means something happened Things happened to me in my childhood. There were various abuses, abuses that happened to me in my childhood that make me feel powerless. They make me feel unsafe. Even though I'm a big, strong man that feel confident I could whoop everybody in the room, including you, Richard. Including you, I don't care how big you, I will whoop you, I will whoop you. But what happens is the reason you begin to talk like this is because it's a defense mechanism against somebody abusing you and you tap into what I call a power or a soul power or a physical power because you don't know how to lean on any other power. I've got to protect myself. I got to keep myself all right. I can imagine I'm not a woman, but if, if you say that, if God says protect a woman as a weaker vessel, and I know, we know that statistically women are, are, uh, are, are weaker physically than, than men, I'm talking about physically, then it can be intimidating or imposing to be in a, in a space where you're, you're vulnerable. I, can't, I, I can imagine it from some of the abuses I've gone through, but I can't imagine it from, from your perspective. So what do you do to make it? When obviously you're not big enough, you're, 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 you're not strong enough. I told you stories over the last weeks of, of ministering to you, of being in the inner city and being in situations where here's the person with a gun pointed at me and then it's just me. What are you gonna lean on? What are you gonna, you're, you're gonna come into. The first time I ever encountered another man that was stronger than me, because if you've been through certain types of abuse, you, what you do is you build up these different defense mechanisms, which aren't bad to build up, but it's where you trust in them more than you trust in him or anything else. 
And I remember the first time, I, I, I remember, you know, when you can, you know, the reason I know I can beat Richard is because you never squatted 600 pounds, did you, Richard? No, you didn't. Uh, you never benched, you know, 400. So I'm in the, I'm a, you know how hard that is, right? You, you know how hard that is. I, I, I do that. Oh, I did that. I did that. I did that. God bless. God bless. <laughs> but the point is, when I came, as strong as I was, there's a guy, he played for the Baltimore Ravens. He was on my team at Eastern Michigan. His name was Jelly Roll. Now, Jelly Roll had a, he was named Jelly Roll because his stomach came into the room first. You no, know, literally, it did. He would call, he would nickname with Jelly Roll, and he was strong, but I just think he can hurt. And one day, he's just tussling around with him, and he lifted me up like this and put me on a wall. And I was, you know, and I, and I was struggling. I, I couldn't get down. And when I finally did get down, I thought, how powerless do I feel? And in those instances, you're reminded of your inability versus his ability. This is a bit of a continuation of a thought that I had last week, but it's going to end with more of an opportunity to have an empowered moment. Okay? Let's go to Acts 8. We're going to start at the, let's start at the fourth verse. Pastor Dave, Pastor Philip is not here. Would you like to be the reader or would Pastor Bryson like to be the reader? He, well, you, you, this one close to you. Or would you want to make Richard the reader? Who do you want? You're fine? Okay. Now here's the rules, Pastor uh, Dave. You know, we're preaching together. If it's, in, if it's in the spirit, you can give commentary. If you don't read fast enough, I'll let you know. Can you I know? keep eating my dum-dum? <laughs> Probably not, but yes. Go ahead. You, 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 you are there. Let's, let's, What's uh, the verse again? Uh, Acts 8, 4 through 8. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Now those who were scattered went preaching. When I think about somebody that's scattered or broken, or insecure, or have been abused in some way, I don't think about them doing an empowered activity after that. The scattering was because they witnessed the brutal martyrdom or murder of a man named Stephen and, and, a, and a guy named Paul who orchestrated the whole thing has now been dragging people out of houses just because they're a believer. And there had been persecution of the church before, but it happened toward its leadership. Now this persecution has gotten so overwhelming that it's going to take place in people's houses. Persecution is a real thing. This persecution is interesting to bring out because it's clearly attached to a positive action instead of a negative reaction. When I've been persecuted or when I've been scattered or when something negative happens to me, my natural inclination is to get down, uh, to be somber, uh, to, be, uh, to have a feeling of insecurity and a look of insecurity because I don't know what's coming at me next. The church at this particular time had words from God and promises from God. They had seen miraculous things from God. But instead of moving out and doing those things, they stayed in the comfort. Mm -hmm. 
of their place. I, 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 I like this because I think this is where we're at. I've been kind of touching on it for several months now. Where the American church is only growing by 3% when it comes to evangelism. That means we're probably no different than the first century church that didn't want to talk about the gospel. And the reality is we do not wake up thinking about a gospel presentation that we need to do. We think, wake up thinking about how we'll be cared for, which is not a sin. How we'll, you know, get, how we'll get our healing, how we'll get our community, how we'll get all of the things that we need done in our life. And our life is so all-consuming that preaching is the thing we do if there's any time left over and we feel confident in that moment to do it and somebody seems open. All of the conditions have to be right for you to do the thing that you're designed to do. God told them in Acts, he said, I want you, I mean, in, in, in Matthew, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go preach the gospel to every creature. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. They're stuck in Jerusalem, but this persecution has moved them. And they went preaching. It's funny, as you, as, if Pastor Dave just went a few verses further, go, go fifth verse. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. It's like finally, this scattering is getting us to the assignment. This persecution is getting us into the activity that we need to do. But it's also filled with preaching. Now, you know, does anyone know what the number one fear is statistically fear of public speaking the God but Bible says that God has chosen through the foolishness of preaching to save but the number one thing that we're afraid to do is talk out loud to other people about stuff we're not completely sure about but there's things that can happen in your life that make you very sure about your God because the only thing that makes life worth living and the next breath worth taking is the God has stepped into the middle of your situation and said, you still gonna make it, you're gonna be all right. And you can have enough pressure in your life that will make you start speaking about him because you had miracle after miracle and breakthrough after breakthrough. And I'm amazed at these early church people who have gotten stuck in their repetitive pattern of being inwardly focused have been thrust out. The, the reality is, the Bible is teaching us a principle. If we don't do it based on his direction, then we will do it based on the scattering. Verse six. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. What made them pay attention is hearing his voice. How often do I hear people say, I'm not doing it because nobody's going to listen to me. Well, start talking. I'm not going to do it because no one wants our gospel. No one wants our God. No one wants the church. No one wants the rules. But that is not true. 
This whole world is hungry for what Christ has to offer. Even if they don't take Christ, they want his stuff. They want his healing. They want his deliverance. They want his breakthrough. They may not choose him to be Lord of their life for the rest of their life, but they want all of that. Whatever trick the devil has been playing on your mind, they want the word and they want the miracle. They stop to pay attention. If you go out into the world with intentionality to obey God, if you go out in the world with the words of God, just a simple gospel, nothing else, there is power to save, power to heal, power to deliver, power to purge out the devil. I don't know why I didn't say, he, he, you know, the, what, read, it, read it again, Pastor uh, Dave. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip. That means every, I, when they say we do with one accord, it must have been like this. Like every, oh, 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 hey, wait, 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 what, what you saying? We can get freedom from sin. I was with a, I was with a Muslim guy and he was, I was, I was working to preach the gospel to some young men and he came up and he, and he started preaching the about Muhammad and all that while I'm preaching and I just asked one question to everybody there well let's just put Christianity on hold teach me about your religion how do you get your sins atoned for I said who how, I mean what you, what you do with the, do you I said do you sin he said yes so how do you get that fixed and I said okay, now just tell me tell me technically well, what happened and it was nothing And through the simple asking the question, I never really had, I did give an answer, but I'd already won by just talking. And everybody stopped talking except me and him, and then he stopped talking once the word went forth. Does it happen all, all the time like that? No, but what I'm trying to tell you is by obeying God and going out and preaching the word, you might gather more attention than less attention. The power of God, remember we're talking about powerlessness. The power of God always shows up when the word of God is being preached. Uh, Let me say it this way. The power of God definitely shows up when the gospel is being preached. What was the results? They all paid attention and then what happened? When they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. Did this activity happen, you can ask them this day for the crowd, did this activity happen inside the synagogue? No. Did it happen in the the local newly established church? No. The house church? No. Were there a gathering of so many Christians that the faith level in the room had risen to such a degree that the atmosphere was electrically charged and then, then something happened? No. Something happens in our brains that makes us think that all of the conditions got to be right in order for us to get some real deliverance. And some real healing. And because we're waiting on all the conditions to be right, we never actually act on, in faith on anything. And notice, it didn't happen inside. 
why are the gifts, Pastor Bryson, only talked about, utilized by the Christian people inside the house? When the word is to go out into the world. And maybe if we're staying stuck in here with all our gifts, maybe we need to be scattered. Not every loss is a demonic loss. Some of it, God is saying, okay, let me help you all just get out to the... I'm not exempt. Our church is not exempt. You're not exempt. What has got my focus and your focus so much that the gospel has no precedent or, 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 or place in your life because demons come out and people get healed. I, I love specifically that the Bible talked about the paralyzed person. Because I, like, I think a lot of people are paralyzed in this world today. They're just stuck. You got the power to walk by and say, in Jesus' name, he not only died to save you from hell and give you eternal life, he wants you to have a life to the full here. Take up your bed and walk. Let me lay hands on your, on your headache. You know what? Your foot, let me, let's see if God will move your, your leg and straighten it out. Let's see if he can get your back pain all together. Let's see. You know, I know you may have never heard of this, but it seems like there's a devil behind your activity. Would you like me to, to purge that evil force out of your life with the power and the force that I have within my life through Christ? Why isn't the world worthy of these gifts? Why do they somehow incubate within the church waiting on this moment for people to be called to the front of the room where we can practice on one another? I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I want all my practice. I want, you know, I want some heat. I want all the anointing, all the gifts. I want them to happen in the front of the room. But my gosh, if they just stay stuck in the front of the room, we got a problem. Here's, here's one of the, the next verse he's going to say is one I really, really, really enjoy for a depressed world. Look at the next verse, the last verse of this little section. So there was much joy in that city. Yeah, glory. People in Samaria that were considered less than half-breeds, People the disciples didn't even want to interact with, but God told them he wanted to save those people. When they got a chance to hear the gospel from people who were eyewitnesses to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, they saw miracles, they listened to the word, and the whole city got happy. Not a few people got happy. The whole city started having great joy. Don't just... You know, don't get just happy that, oh, Nashville's the it city. I have been praying that, that, that people think about revival when they come to our city. That people think about the Bible belt when they come to our city. People think about not coming to get drunk with wine, but drunk in the spirit of God. That they can get lifted up in this place. I want people to land in our city with one intention and run right into God and get another thing. Who told you to surrender your city to the work of the devil? How come we can't have some groups going down to all those tours and just post up somewhere and just say Jesus loves you Jesus loves you let me pray for you Jesus loves you and everybody's gonna stop and listen oh you don't think they will but you won't know until you try That's it. 
So let's get you some more confidence to go. So if if this is a little, thank you for the extra time, Pastor Bryson. I'm not doing well managing it already, but I, I appreciate it. Preaching has power and it brings great joy. Preaching has power and it can bring great joy. Verse nine, Pastor Dave. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all, they all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. Now, the same way that the scripture said they paid attention to Philip's preaching, they're also paying attention and being mesmerized by demonic solicitation, using magic and using the occult. Now, if you did not grow up around real magic that wasn't on TV, I'm talking about you've been around witches and mages and people who cast spells and incantations and do dark magic and, and hypnotism, then you probably don't believe the things on the movies that tell you all these supernatural things happen. But now if you lived some of that stuff, if you've seen somebody levitate before, if you've seen some, you know, if you've seen some stuff, you, you might, you know, perhaps think, who there's some powers here that will make you you, you think demonic power, magic, its real power just doesn't come from God. When Moses had his staff, let's, you, let's throw down Pastor Bryson's guitar. No, no, just, I'm, I'm Pastor Bryson. I just wanted to see if he was paying attention. <laughs> When Moses threw down his staff, you know, and it, and, uh, it turned into a snake. And the other magi- magicians did the same thing. Yeah. Right. But what did God demonstrate to prove something about himself in that moment, if you know that story? God's snake ate their snakes up. So, yes, there is demonic power. Yes, there is power in the cult. Yes, it is mesmerizing, it is hypnotizing, it is tantalizing, it, 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 it really stimulates you. If you put your hands on a Ouija board, and it's all right, it's Wednesday night, I'm just teaching a little bit deeper, I don't want to spook nobody out, okay? But you might get spooked out just a little bit. It's, it's Halloween, it's, it's, it's acceptable this Wednesday. You put your hands on it, it might spell out something. You might, you might say, well, how did something know that? How did somebody know that? But that doesn't mean it's God. It just means it's demonic. And if you're ever not sure, ask them to give God glory. Ask them to call Jesus Lord. Ask them, wait, what are you telling me? Are you telling me Jesus, the Lord of life, is giving you a message from me? Say that. Man, they're not going to do it. Check 
all power. The Bible says test the spirits to see whether they're of God or not. It doesn't mean they won't mesmerize you. It doesn't mean they won't, they won't hypnotize you. I've seen enough things. And I want, I want to tell you the truth. I'm a, you know, in our men's life group, we have a thing. We just, we just tell each other the truth, the raw truth, even if it's uncomfortable. Uncom- I think things in the occult and magic is stimulating to our, 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 our solical man. There are some like uh, levels of obsession we have with seeing things happen. You have to kind of acknowledge that so that you're not tricked by it. Get it right in the right category. It's something in me that has an inclination, you know, to, to see certain things. This nation, this generation is mesmerized by evil. Mesmerized. It's got our attention. Most of the shows, you know, you, I think half, half the shows, or more than half the shows, have some form of witchcraft in them, occult behavior, occult thinking. So, what happens in the church is not only aren't we doing our job, we're enjoying the job of the devil. <laughs> He's doing an amazing job. He's got my attention. Mesmerized, hypnotized. When, you're in, when you get hypnotized by something, it captures you and you become stuck in an alternate reality. And I think when it comes to the church that happened, we talk about this man previously. Let's, so let's learn a little bit more about this man. Read verse 12. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip. And seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. So you see, transformation is still possible even when demonic power is prevalent. Demonic power was capturing the city at the same time that God, the preacher was capturing their hearts. But what won in the end is the consistency of, consistency of the preacher who kept preaching and he kept seeing miracles. And then the authenticity of his miracles versus the inauthenticity of their magic and the occult behavior began to win out and the proof was they surrendered to God and not to what was mesmerizing them. So when we look at the world and we get this ideology that they're too far gone, or they're really wrapped up and it begins to, to stymie our, our, our desire to actually preach, we lose. We went out, we had a, we had a great moment in, in East Nashville and we saw some miracles and then maybe we go out for the next outreach and we see the devil really raise his head and he tells us, you go back to Brentwood. We've got this place. What are we supposed to do? Keep preaching. Keep going. Keep working. And let the miracle worker work through you. You know, and this is how you do it. Let me give you a practical way. You have to, if you're going to see a miracle, sometimes you have to ask people what they need. 
I know that sounds too practical to just do it. Just ask him, what do you need? What do you need God to do? Yeah. Let's pray for him to do that right now. Yeah. Well, my back is hurting. Well, let's pray for your back. Lord, I pray, I pray for their back not to hurt in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, that's all you're required to do. Then what you do is tell them, hey, start moving your back around. You feel any different? Well, not really. Let's pray again. Lord, I just thank you that it's already starting to work. We just don't see it again. Oh, let's just move around again. Oh, let's a little bit. I'm going to keep moving around then. That's how it works. Is it nothing deeper? This is not, this is not like, this is not like Christian magic where you have to, okay, now I'm going to pray for you. Okay. Okay. It's right here when I do it. It's right here. I, I got it right there. All right. Yeah, it's kind of moving up. Uh, now we just spooky. You know? And I take it from a spook. I like spooky stuff. But in this context, the simplicity of what's the power base is the preaching. Oh, I wish we was having a preaching seminar right now. Uh, the secret is the preaching and staying consistent with it. Why don't we want to preach? What is that telling us not to preach? And then we feel powerless because we left the power plant of preaching. That's why the miracle worker you're talking about is Philip because he was preaching. That's why the preachers, the pastors, are typically the people who work miracles in the environment because they're always preaching. They're creating an expectation so there'll be a demonstration. They're, they're saying God will do this and then there's a demonstration. That's why. We're not more special, but he's called all of us to preach. What if we did it? They were transformed by authentic power because we, how do we know that? They start getting, they got baptized. They said, nah. That other stuff is, it, 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 it was strange. It moved me. It was interesting. It, met, it, it caught my attention, but it ain't not like that miracle I just had. Because the devil is not interested in your healing. What's the last time? You know, he's not interested in that. He's not interested in getting spirits out of you. He's interested in getting demonic spirits into you. You see, people, they know it. And by the way, this is not a church crowd. Remember in Acts 2 and Acts 4, the church crowd was enjoying all this stuff too. Remember, they were all in all. They had everything in common. The power of God was there. People were getting healed inside. It just didn't happen outside. Now, Philip is like, no, 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 no. I'm going to learn a lesson. We were supposed to go to Samaria. I'm going to get to Samaria, and I'm going to get busy, and I'm going to start preaching. Because this has gotten real. It used to be a few people got persecuted. Now, they're persecuting all Christians, so all Christians need to start preaching. And he's modeling for them what to do, but there's transformation power. Verse 14. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John. No, 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 no. I just want to say something. What is the common denominator? Did they say that they when had the apostles received the word of God? What was the common denominator? They had received the word of God. Well, no, the, the, the miracles is in there. They're talking about the miracles. They read the part where they're talking about the miracles. 
I don't believe that's in there, Pastor James. Well, the guy that got rid of the devil, he's got to be there. It's not there. It's right back to preaching the word. I love that that the message that got back was about the word. What is that in us, though? Because it's a worldly thinking. We want to hear about the miracle. We want to hear about the phenomenological activity, the, 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 the super spiritual stuff. And, and somehow, if somebody just said they were preaching the word, that wouldn't stimulate us. But if there's no preaching of the word, what power is really at work? It's power. But what's at work? Because there's imitation tongues, there's imitation prophecies, there's imitation miracles. The devil is always counterfeiting what God does. You can fall out under power, then it's not from God. You can, you can shake under power, that's not from God. You can speak tongues in power, that's not from God. Now, when you're preaching about Jesus and you're surrendered to Jesus, it's about God. And it's the ultimate power. It quells all the other power. Then you can say, behold, he, he gives us power over all the power of the devil. I love that the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria received the word because they wasn't there. Scattered. But they caught it. Because now they're starting to do Jerusalem picked up the picked up the memo. We either gonna get more persecution, or we better start sending people out. <laughs> hey, let's send our best. Let's send Bryson Brakey to Midtown. Uh, let's send Delvin Pikes to, to this corner. Let's send Brock Lillis to, to Murfreesboro. Let's send Tim Johnson to Orlando World Outreach. Let's send Fikri Youssef one way or another out to La Casa. <laughs> but let's send the people. They got the memo that something needed to happen if the word is being preached. Verse 15. Who came down? They sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is interesting because the thing that the apostles think that they need is a powerful accompaniment to what they're already doing. See, the apostles originally already received the word. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, you'll be. But then he said, go wait in Jerusalem till you be endowed with power and you'll be my witnesses. You'll be even more effective. He said, these people have got it. I'm going to give them more. To him that has, more will be given. These people, when they just get born again, are most likely to do what Jesus said do. What's, the, what's that little statistic about the uh, people's evangelism uh, propensity when they... First six months, Pastor Bryson says. Is the, their, the greatest 
Greatest likelihood of evangelistic effectiveness. Greatest likelihood of evangelistic effectiveness is your first six months of getting born again, statistically. There, Peter and John say, we've got to get them all the equipment that they need. And then what they do? For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and the, they received just to, the Just Holy to get Spirit. it clear, they, basically what he's saying, I'm going to give you some terminology. They had received Jesus Christ as Lord and gotten the indwelling of the Spirit. So when you receive Jesus, you get the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit coming to abide, abide with you. If any man open to me, I'll come with him, I'll sup with him. And be. They got the, uh, the indwelling, but the Holy Spirit hadn't come upon them. They hadn't what we call the, received the infilling. Or there was not, so I want you to think, these people are not like getting a second born again experience, but they're, they're just receiving a, a, the experience of having what's in them, the God in them, upon them. Yes, read. Now when Simon saw that the spirit was given to the laying on of the apostles. No, 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 okay, I, wanna, I don't want to go there yet. I want to stop here. Because if you will not receive power in the church when you get scattered you will not demonstrate the power you will not preach with a conviction outside of the church these demons got kicked outside the church this healings in the paralyzed man happened outside the church and they got reinforcements from the church to come outside the church to get more power. So let's take East Nashville, for example, again, Pastor Dave, you know, and, and what I would do is, is uh, we, would, we would get someone born again, and we're gonna do this again. And then the next lesson I would teach them is on getting filled with the Spirit. And I have these people that you think they, they so far from getting filled with the Spirit is not even pop. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And, then, and, then, and, this be a, and I'm amazed there will be a line of people waiting to come in the room to get filled with the Spirit. One day I was on my lunch break and I was doing it at my, my job, but uh, and some people came in to disturb my meeting. And, and the words were, oh, this is not real, this is fake. He got y'all in here looking like fools, you know. So, tell them where you work, Pastor James. They may not know. I was at the, uh, I was in East Nashville at the Martha O'Brien Center, and I was uh, there, and I, and I grabbed, and and I said, it's not. And I said, you know, I just went along with. It. I said, it's not real, is it? I said, oh, okay, and I said, well, give me a hand. Took his hand, and all I said was these words: "Power of God on you." And he crumbled to the ground. And I said, somebody help him up. And then he said, you did something to me. I said, no, oh, no, I didn't do anything. I said, power of God on you. He fell to the ground. He said, what you doing to me? I said, I'm giving you what you came in here for. Your spirit man is crying out for God. And a demonic force is trying to tell you not to do it. And I want to know if you want to be free. He says he wants to be free. We cast the devil out of him. He gets saved. 
and he gets filled with the Spirit, and he leaves there praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, and everything like that. And that happens outside the church. But if you will not receive him inside, you're going to have a hard time taking it outside. So I don't know whether to stop here and pray for you or to continue the last two sections of the text. Let's let Dave decide. Well, it's all about receiving the word, so we don't want to slow down on receiving the word. Read. Now, when Simon saw that the spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Now, there's a lot of debate of whether Simon was really saved or not saved. I think he was really saved. I think he had a real experience. You can just decide what you, you think. I, I, I like to say he is because I want to deal with the part of this where we're more interested in the power we can display than the power we can dispense. He was more interested in what the power made him feel like, what the power made him look like, what the power, the prestige. He was used to being looked at when he had demonic power. He was used to being looked at as, remember, they, they called him the great. I, I think uh, the, the man, they, they called him the great. So, so now he's hungry to take a little bit of God's glory. This is what's going on. I want that laying on the hands thing. I want that power. But he's not interested in God. Having power is having the powerful one abide in you and upon you. It's an intimacy with God. It's not like, don't think about it as uh, like this thing detached from him. Like there's God and then there's power. Think about God and the power as one. He is the power. Talking about him as the power. The gifts of his spirit. He gives these as he would, they come from him. Here's the power. So when you think about receiving a gift, think about receiving him. He's the gift. He is the power. He's what's important. Second Timothy 1 and 6 says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou shouldst stir up the gift of God which is in you through the putting on of hands. 1 Timothy 4 and 14, neglect not the gift that was given to thee by the prophecy and the laying on of hands by the presbytery. Acts 9 and 17, Ananias went and entered the house and putting his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus has appeared to you on the way that thou camest. He has sent me that thou might receive this sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what happened when he put his hands on him. This is best demonstrated in Paul's case once he had repented. In verse 22 says. Repent. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours 
and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord, that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. So he was a bit of a distraction, but he was encouraged to repent, and they went right back to preaching the word. There are going to be people in our group who, are dis- who have mixed motives but why they want power. But they need to be offered an opportunity to repent and then we need to move on. I want you to stand to your feet. And I, I, wanna, I wanna say it this way. I, because I've been in, in church a long time, I, I used to wanna create an atmosphere for God to move as if he needed my help, you know? I wanted to help God out with music. I wanted to help God out with creating great desperation. I wanted to help God out by obligating him through saying some great promises. Here's what God's gonna do and Here you say this after me like it's, it's, it's fleshly, it's incantation. It's you do this and then he do, does that. It's, it's much more generous than I think that we give him credit for. He says stuff like, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. Then he says stuff like, he says, uh, if you being evil know how to give gifts, get gifts to your children, how much will God give the Holy Spirit to whomever ask? And then he just said when they were there waiting, fasting and praying, suddenly the Holy Ghost came. I think we've forgotten how to wait on God. I think that we may have invested some of our spirituality into fleshly thinking. I'd like you to divorce yourself from past ideologies just for a moment. And don't think that the God you serve needs any more than your allegiance to him. I mean, you do have to repent and make him Lord. You do have to do that. And I'll, and I'll pray for you just a second. But after that, you just have to receive your gifts. What's the greatest gift? Him upon you. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit really is. Him working through you. Him empowering you to be a witness. If you get healed and you won't be a witness, I don't think it was worth it, honestly. If you get the devil cast out of you and you don't want to be a witness, it wasn't worth it to me. If you fall out and start shaking and and it's pretty fantastic, and you feel waves of God all through your body, but it doesn't translate into you going out and be a witness, it just wasn't worth it. Your platform, whatever it is, is there to be a witness for God. You may never have this one, but the one you stand on, I don't have, and you've got an appointment with somebody that's in your sphere of influence. So I decided today we'll do two things. 
Pastor Dave, myself, see uh, the layman's. We're standing in front. If you need someone to lay hands on you because you need a, a touch from God, we'll do that. I don't want to teach you something that's even higher than that, but the scripture said you lay hands and they, re they receive. So I, I, you need the Holy Ghost and we can stir up the gift. And it, it, that, that's a way. It's not the only way. I'm going to teach you one of the greatest ways to invoke your personal, to make a personal invitation to God to fill you. Make it personal. That means I'm out of the equation unless you need help. That means you're leaning on your relationship with him and his goodness unless you need help. You come get it. That means you're not waiting on somebody to teach you something or congeal you. You're just waiting on him to come with your help. You're just right back in Acts chapter 1 when they didn't know what the help looked like, what it would feel like, what it would be like. They just, he just set it up and they just said, okay, I'll receive it. But I know for a fact God wants to send you out here with power. That's why he sent uh, John to help Philip. That's why he brought you here tonight. So I'm going to pray for you a prayer of repentance. And I'm going to let you just wait on the Lord from some time. We'll dismiss the service. Don't worry about that. Just wait on the Lord and ask him to fill you. And if you need any special help, we're just going to stand down front ready to pray for you. Bow your head. Close your eyes.